Hello, I'm Pauline Jennings. Welcome to Musician Talk. Singer-songwriter and author Katie Tessman is my guest this week. You may have seen her in past months play for the Songwriters in the Round series at the Grand. Katie writes songs with a voice full of the wisdom that she's gained through her struggles and victories. They express a straight-from-the-heart songwriting style that moves her audiences deeply. After a long break from music, she came back stronger than ever and with much more to say. She writes books and songs, records, and performs regionally, filling stages with just her voice and guitar. The rest I will let Katie tell herself. It's time to talk with Katie Tessman. Welcome, Katie, to Musician Talk. I'm so happy to have you on. Thank you, Pauline. I'm really happy to be here with you. We're recording this today on Tuesday uh, via Zoom during the big, huge storm, and I'm looking outside and it's looking pretty calm. So I don't know if it's delayed or what, but I'm happy about that. Yeah, this is this is like a, a we're I think we're in the eye of the storm right now, where it's stopped and it's we'll come back we'll get a few more inches just in time for rush hour tomorrow for all those people that commute right 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 (laughs) awesome well I saw you play at one of the Mark Ross's um singers in the round down at at the Grand a couple months ago and I was so impressed and loved your story and loved your music and said I want to have her on the show so here we are thank you yes it was wonderful meeting you at, at Northfield and yes, what a great town we live in. I'm, we're all very, very fortunate to be here. It's filled with so many mu- musicians and so much music. That's awesome. So Katie, when did you first, what's your, what are your first memories of music and, and liking music and, and feeling like it's a, a fit? Just kind of take me back to however old that was. Well, I grew up in Brooklyn Center and um, my mom and dad are both very musical uh, hobbyists. Um, my dad is known for just making up a little song as he's unloading the groceries and, (laughs) uh, their taste in music, uh, was very influential to, to my style of music that I create. Uh, Simon and Garfunkel and Joni Mitchell, Carol King, um, the soundtrack to hair was on repeat in my house. And, uh, yeah, in grade school, I always sang in the choir. I loved being, uh, participating in the choir. Um, high school, I performed in the musical theater productions. And then in college, I, uh, considered having a minor in music, but the theater department was so demanding. I, I just focused on more musical performance. And was a trained soprano and uh, played uh, a wide variety of uh, of evil stepmothers. <laughs> that's <laughs> mostly how I was cast. <laughs> oh, that's fun. That's yeah. so much fun. Well, I'm very tall. And so when I'm on stage, being 5'9", uh, I usually get the, the, the mother role. When, when I got cast in those... Those um, roles, I had to change my trained soprano voice to be more of a character alto. When I graduated college, I knew I wanted to be on stage, but I, I didn't necessarily want to pursue acting. And I had just picked up the guitar 
and started teaching myself songs by Natalie Merchant and the Indigo Girls. And then I started writing a couple of songs, kind of like what my dad wrote, you know, some silly stuff, unloading the groceries. And um, <laughs> and, and I, I realized that that could be my cure for being on stage is songwriting and, uh, you know, just booking little shows at coffee houses. And um, I pursued a marketing career for nonprofits. And I worked in theater companies and other children's nonprofits. Perfect. And the, the need to make music and the, the drive to be on stage was always there ever since I was little. That drive, isn't that just so powerful, first of all, right? It's just like it, it, and I hate saying this, but because everybody says it, but it just works. It feeds you in a way that other things just don't. And so you crave that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a actress too. And that's what I started doing, you know, before I was in a band for many years. So I get that. Um, but you said you had to, tra- you had to kind of rework your voice to be a character alto voice instead of a trained soprano. And, um, were you doing things then that were considered bad for your voice when you were doing those character? Probably. Voices? Yeah. But I was 20 years old and invincible. Absolutely. I, I sang, I sang country music, country and rock for 20 years and, and a lot of glottal stops and a lot of stuff happening in my neck. And that's not the way you're supposed to sing. Right. And so, um, I'm glad I still have a voice, but it's interesting because to, to, to have access to some of those kind of roles on the stage, I'm sure there's a good way to do it. I'm sure there is a good way to do it, but some of it, it's difficult. It is. It is difficult. And when, when you're performing right in the moment, you're, you're going to want to hit the note right. and um, express the passion of the song. And it's hard to use your instrument of a voice correctly in every second right. of every minute of the song. Yeah, it's tricky. It's really tricky. It is. It is. Um, you also said that you picked up the guitar, and I think you said this was in college or after. I think it was like my senior year of college. Wow. And how quick did it come? Was it just, did it, was it a fit? I taught myself to play the cowboy chords. Okay. So I could accompany myself. So I identify as a singer that strums a guitar. Got it. And having sheet music of songs that I love helped me learn more and more chords. Sure. Um, I don't really identify as a guitar player. I also strum a mandolin, but it's mostly so I can accompany my the story that I want to tell with my song. Yeah, it, it seems to, to it seems to be a puzzle piece that fits well together. I'm just so glad that it came pretty naturally to you. It sounded like I was yeah. wondering if you had a, a a key to to doing that or something. I think it's harder for me to play with my band and put my guitar down and just oh. sing. Got it. Then I have a little more trouble figuring out what to do with my body. (laughs) Really, even as an actress, you would think that that would be something that would. Well, yeah, because I'm not necessarily a character. Right. I am myself. Right. And so sometimes I think about this song is the character I'm portraying. Yeah. Which will give a little more confidence. Right. What I'm doing with my body, but isn't that interesting? And I find that I, I hear more than just a couple of people say that and that they're comfortable being on stage as long as they're acting in a role. But if you put them on stage to do a speech 
or to sing a song as as themselves, um, it can be really difficult. Yeah, women are told to be self conscious. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> there's that too on top of that. Yeah. All right. So you went into marketing and you were doing that, and you picked up the guitar and you're starting to write songs. Um, how, when did you start recording them or putting them down on paper and really taking it seriously? Um, in 1996, okay. I formed a band um, with a friend from college, um, random person I met at a party, and um, <laughs> we, uh, a, like Craigslist request for a drummer. <laughs> wow. I think it was Craigslist. I don't remember when the 90s. Right, yeah. Pages ad. It could have been. A, yeah. <laughs> back then, or you yeah. put up a thing right at at, um, at Guitar Center, right between yeah. the doors. With the with off, the, little with flap. The off your phone number. Exactly. Yes. yes, and that's when I would come home from work, and I would pick up my phone and hear the dial tone to see if there was a voicemail. Da 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 da. Yeah. So 1996, and uh, we uh, named ourselves Joe's Elevator. And we performed a wide variety of places in the Twin Cities, smaller, intimate coffee shops. Um, and we would go up to Duluth. We played Amazing Grace Cafe. And then in 97, we released our debut album. Um, and the four-piece band, we had two songwriters. So we decided which songs would make the best musical journey listening to the album. Yep. Nice. And uh, our release party was at the fine line and nice. it was so much fun. But just like every band, <laughs> we <laughs> broke up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then I pursued a solo uh, musical career. And um, two, three years after that first album, I did my solo debut. And that was 11 original songs. Um, one song was repeated from the Joe's Elevator album. Got it. Okay. And we're still doing that song today. Oh, nice. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and I did a variety of tours throughout um, the northern part of the U.S. You and your guitar? Uh, yes. And then yeah. my husband at the time, he was my drummer. I know. Oh. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, yes. And then um, early 2003, uh, my first son was born. And I took a pregnant pause from music, from the stage. Three years later, my second son was born. And I hadn't gone back to making music, uh, performing. I don't think I even touched my guitar for wow. a handful of years. Um, and motherhood became my identity. Uh, and raising my boys. And of course, I would write the little ditties about taking your shoes off at the door, take your shoes off at the door, you know, raising the littles. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. You were gathering material for your songs later with that motherhood thing, right? Yes. There's so much yes. there. Yeah. My little pregnant pause was 20 years. Wow. <laughs> what was it that got you going again? A lot of things happened in those 20 years. Yeah, And there was some music. I, know I taught early childhood music and I started to um, sing in the worship band at our church. But it was the pandemic when my boys and I were forced to stay home. You know, I got to work remotely, which was a blessing. My boys were in high school and junior high with remote school. And the three of us were at home looking at each other a lot. Yep. <laughs> my, young, my younger son 
started producing music, making music um, using FL Studios. Oh, very cool. My older son said, Mom, I want to learn how to play your guitar. He was in the band. Oh, don't you the just, drum line. Weren't you just waiting for him, to, for one of your children to say that? I know. I yes, know. yes. Yes. <laughs> so I taught him my four cowboy courts. <laughs> and um, he just cruised from there. And then I started songwriting. I don't, I don't understand how it happened. And I just have, I just, the space and the muse and it all came together. And one song led to another song, which led to another song. And then uh, January of 2022, I started performing. And here wow, we are. That recently. Yeah. As a, again, as a solo artist. Yeah. Well, congratulations, man. You know, it takes guts. I mean, it really does to go back to that after 20 years. And so when you started songwriting again, uh, it's a perfect segue to the next thing I wanted to talk to you about, which was your songwriting process. And well, first of all, did it change from when you were first doing your solo act and writing some stuff to after your break and you started and it kind of was just pouring forth? Did your process change and what is it? Material has definitely changed to stop the topic of topics of my songs are different than when I was in my twenties and early thirties. Now I, I joined a Facebook group, a singer songwriter songwriting challenge. You know, when you think Facebook, you think it's going to be a toxic, critical group of people, but this is the most life giving group of creative folks I've ever encountered. Every Two weeks, we get a prompt. And it, this past year of 2022, I wrote 21 new songs. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And wow. you just, just like photography, how you need to take a lot of pictures to you get a keeper. Yeah. Uh, with songwriting, I kind of feel like that's the same sort of thing is you just have to just spit out some new things. And then when you find something that you really connect with and you really like then you can to elaborate on it so with this challenge with the quick turnaround of two weeks write a song in the summer it's one week to write a song <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yes yes and so you you write it and then you do a little home video and you upload it to the interwebs and then you watch and listen and, and comment and cheerlead everybody else who's participating Getting the good vibes from people yeah. um, was so affirming that, okay, yes, this is something I should be doing. It feels good. I, I want to do it. And I have something to say. <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, this, this song that the first song that you want to play for the, the listeners is a song that I wrote last winter. Okay. Usually the prompts are a word. But this song uh, was written from a prompt of a photograph. And it's a picture of an old rundown home on a prairie hill in a leafless tree. And there's a hole in the roof. And I just started thinking about all the good things that happened in that home mm. before it got to here. You know, this old broken yeah. place. And I wrote a song in the voice of the house. Oh, cool. And how it's longing for people to come home 
and to play games and to watch sunsets in the yard. And I'm at a point in my life, you know, with my oldest being 20 and my youngest is a junior in high school that uh, I'm going to have an empty nest and I'm going to want everybody to come back. So I'm kind of writing with the idea of giving me uh, a little medicine (laughs) for when I have my empty nest and when I might feel like that house. Right, right, right. Just derelict without any kids in my house. (laughs) Right, right. I love those parallels. That is just wonderful. And this song, uh, first of all, I love space for your voice so that you can really, really hear the words and your, your voice is absolutely crystal clear. And it is on, on both of these songs we're going to play today. And, and some of the lines I love, people can listen for them. Or can you see beyond the weeds? Boy, do we all need to do that, don't we? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And at the table, there's always room. Mm-hmm. I hope you can come home soon. Beautiful. Really, really wonderful. And yes, when your kids leave the house, that's, you, you feel that quite often. Yeah. 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 And the harmonies are wonderful. So now that, now that I've, talked about the things that I love about this. Listen for them uh, as we play this song. It's called There's Always Room. Why don't you uh, tell us before we listen to it, the musicians that are playing on it. In the spirit of being a mama bear, I hired my son, my 20-year-old son, and his blues band made up of 18-year-old boys that he went to high school with. They're all playing on it, and it just really fills my heart knowing that these very talented musicians who are young men who are at my home all the time because oh. my house is their practice space. And so I, I set up this song to them and I said, let's record this song together. And um, it's their debut recording. They write their own music. They, they have their own sort of thing. But this is, you know, Katie Tessman with Burning Blue Rain. I love that story. I love, I love, you know, getting those young youngsters involved and, and lifting them up uh, to have these experiences. It's just awesome. Thank you. Love it. <laughs> and, all right. So let's take a listen to There's Always Room, uh, written by Kate, my guest today, Katie Tessman. Upon the stars 
I hope you come home soon. Curl up and tell a story. Watch the sunset in the backyard. Jennings, and you're listening to Musician Talk. You just heard There's Always Room, an original by my guest today and performed by her, Katie Tessman. I can hear your influences, that's for sure. It's kind of, I feel like your uh, your voice is a cross between uh, like Carol King and, Na- and Nancy Griffith. Oh, I mean, thank you have, you. you're welcome. You have, you have some uh, tones and tendencies of, of both those women I that I hear anyway. And uh, it's, I love both, I, I love both of them. So I do too. <laughs> when I was looking for a quote for you, I wanted to find something by Nancy Griffith that that would, that thought that would be a good fit. And um, I couldn't pick one because there's so many great things. Um, I, I believe Nancy Griffith, from what I heard on stage, her story she told, and from the things that I read was an incredibly wonderful person as well yeah. and had a lot of great things to say. Um, and the first one, when we were talking about uh, songwriting and finding your voice, 
which we didn't really touch on much. We just talked about your process, but she said, your own voice is the voice that carries you through life the best, which we might think is obvious, but a lot of people don't get to use their true voice because of prejudices and biases and all those kind of things. And certainly women haven't been able to. So to be able to put your own voice into a song and let's take one step back. How, how did you find your voice or did it just come? During that 20 year pause from songwriting and performing, um, a, a lot happened in my life. I gave birth to two beautiful boys who are talented young men. But um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 39. And now I am a 13-year survivor. Great. And I kind of feel like I have a lot to say. Yeah. (laughs) I am an extrovert, an Enneagram 7, an enthusiast. So now that I'm 50-something, I realize that I have less fear about saying what I want to say. With my songwriting now, I want to talk about the tough stuff, but I also want to give people hope Mm -hmm. and um, help them find light in dark places and uh, honor the stumbles that we've had and um, celebrate those summits. I feel lucky that I'm this old. Yes. And I feel lucky that I am able to do the things that I want to do with my music. Um, yes, there are limitations, of course, but, um, it's, it feels so good to, to be able to put these messages to music and be on a stage and share that with people. And how freeing to let go of that fear and just say it the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. I got scars. (laughs) You know what? I think we all do. (laughs) We do. We all do. Exactly. And why not talk about them instead of hiding them? Right. Right. We can learn from each other. And so during your cancer fight, you were not playing or writing songs. No, I did participate in music theory or music um, therapy. Tell me about that. There's a variety of different things that you can participate in music therapy. Um, you could play along, do some percussion or strum some guitar, sing. Um, but I chose more of the guided imagery. So at my clinic, there was a chair in a very, that was built with the speakers in it. So you could feel mm. the music in nice. your body. My therapist had a small private room that was dim and she would help me you know, just do some guided imagery. Uh, when I was diagnosed, my boys were ages six and three. <sighs> so oh, I had nice. littles, I had really little kids. And um, it broke my heart when, you know, my three-year-old would come in and pat my back when I was barfing. Yeah. Uh, but that was what was going on in my house. Right. <laughs> so um, <sighs> the, the therapy was very... Uh, reassuring that life is going to go on. It will all work out. Mm. And I don't need a head of hair or breasts to be Katie Tessman. Right. Um, yeah. I see you were going through this and so sick while you had these young children at home. I just, 
Wow, you must have just learned a lot uh, about life, right? And prioritizing yeah. and, and really what matters. And I, and so again, material to put into the songs that you can share with the world about what all these things that you learned. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, I have another quote went right along with this as another Nancy Griffith quote that I found that I thought about you. I think on when I saw you, you shared that you had uh, were a survivor of cancer, and so I thought of you when I read this. It it was nice to focus on things outside of my body. This is Nancy Griffith talking about playing music. It was nice to focus on things outside of my body. Music has always done that for me, and so hearing you in that chair with your therapist and dealing with all the things that you're dealing with, with the feelings and your kids and the, and the illness and all that kind of stuff. To, to be able to have that music uh, take you outside your body. Yes, and guide me to peace, a peaceful nice. place. The things that I visualized during those therapy sessions were very powerful. Um, you know, I visualized finding peace by myself in the woods, and I could hear my children playing in the distance, and mm. they were happy sounds. Nice. And that really made me strong. And I would walk out of those music therapy sessions taller. Oh, that is so wonderful to hear. So let's get to the big Nancy Griffith quote, which is uh, that I picked out for this. And I want to talk about just a little bit, and then we're going to move on to the next song. She said, uh, I think that a lot of women are made to feel that they have not done the one thing that they were put on the earth to do if they don't do the normal thing if they didn't take the most traveled path. And it's unfortunate, says Nancy Griffith. I would add, can be devastating as well. The pressure, I don't know that it's as there as much as it was when I was in my 20s. How about you? In the music industry, anyway? Yes. Um, yeah, definitely in my 20s. And obviously, I stopped performing after right. I became a mother. I knew I wanted to be a mom. My identity has a long list of roles. (laughs) Mom is mom is my first one. It was easy to stop everything and focus on my babies. So you didn't feel like you had to, you didn't feel pressure that, Oh, if you're a mother, you can't be out singing uh, and playing in bands. The, the, the hard part about, um, after my babies were born was to have the support at home to be able to go out and do it. Sure. So and so it was just easier to to wait and the muse of writing wasn't there and um you know limited amount of energy sure to you know what what am I going to put my energy toward exactly. is it going to be toward figuring out how who is going to babysit or <laughs> or is it right. just let's just stay home and put the tent up in the living room and play you know right <laughs> um, yeah and so I'm I'm comfortable with my choices I want to make sure that I encourage myself to be true to who I am. Some of that may be taking a detour from the path that is well laid out, that the stereotypes say of who I should be. Right. Um, with my music and the messages that I want to say uh, about being optimistic and having songs that are about tough stuff, that isn't really what society is expecting women to be singing about. Right. So I am deviating from that path, but I am grateful for the women that have paved the way. Right. 
whatever it is, as long as it's your choice and it's not something right. that's put on you from, by society that you feel, well, this is what I'm supposed to do, right? Right, right. I was um, I'm the media center clerk at um, Armstrong High School for a handful of years. And those high schoolers were learning about feminism. <laughs> and they, they would come up to me. They had, one of their projects was they had to interview a variety of people and ask if they were feminist. Well, I'm a woman, so right. yes, and I'm a daughter, and I'm a mother, so yes. And then I realized they needed a little more. Yeah. So um, I believe that feminism is gives you the opportunity to choose. Right. That to me, that's what feminism feminism is, and we have tons of role models. We sure do. Yeah, I can own my own home. Because of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Exactly. Oh, boy, Thank did you. she do a lot. Yeah. Thank you, Ruth. Yes. All right. So moving on to the next song, Piece by Piece. Was this one of the challenges online or where did this come? Where did this one come from? Yes. Yes. I wrote this last winter. Um, the prompt word uh, is erased from my brain. I don't know what the word was. But does it matter? Because it doesn't matter what you started with. You created this thing. Right. right. But right. this was the first song that I realized that I have something unique from my experience that I can write a song. And we're all, you know, there's 30 of us writing a song based on the same prompt. And so there's going to be 30 different songs. But, you know, some of them are going to be similar uh, because of the word, you know, badge. Okay, I got, you know, my, my right. badge. Oh, oh, I remember the word now. Sleeve. Sleeve. The prompt word was sleeve. Oh, that's a tough so, one. So the cliche is heart on, heart on your sleeve. Oh, sure. I wear my heart on my sleeve, which is beautiful. And, and I thought, I'm going to challenge myself a little bit further. And this image of my compression sleeve kept coming to my mind. Um, And so when I fly on an airplane, uh, because there's lymph nodes taken out, I have to wear a compression sleeve. And it's a big obstacle course to get it on because it's super tight and it's very uncomfortable. And I put it on at the last minute and um, and then I have this like club arm because you can't, I can't even move my fingers anyway. (laughs) Lovely. (laughs) Yeah. And so your arm doesn't swell up. So yeah, so I don't get the lymphedema. Yeah, no, so I don't okay. get lymphedema. Um, and so I thought, okay, I have this uh, thing. Uh, I, no, nobody, I don't think anybody of the other 30 songwriters is going to write a song about breast cancer. No, not what a prop to sleeve. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> right. So I, I went for a hike all by myself, and I just listened to nature and I made a resolution that it's not going to be a woe is me breast cancer song. It's going to be about how um, I put my life back together and more about survivorship. And, you know, when I would sit in that chemo chair for eight hours and getting poison pumped in my body, I kept telling myself, this is the grandma plan. This is the grandma plan. I'm going to be able to live long enough to be a grandma. That was my goal. Yes. So the song is about how I am moving forward and being a survivor. 
and um I recorded it from in at my home studio with the help of my younger son and um my older son plays all the guitars on it and I just do the vocals it's very um simple it's a very simple song it starts out beautifully with the acoustic guitar and the 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 electric solo work too is just lovely absolutely lovely um and i am going to leave that there we're just going to listen to the song and i'll talk about the things that i want to say about the song afterwards so this is a piece a song called piece by piece written by my guest today katie tessman here it is Like a patchwork quilt A masterpiece Custom built Day by day The sun will rise And the best news of all I get to watch you two grow so tall Year by year With leaps of faith Bask in the glow I got more to give I can take it fast or take it slow And the best news of all I am watching you two grow so tall. Year by year, 
This is Musician Talk, and I'm your host, Pauline Jennings. My guest today is Katie Tessman. You just heard her perform her original tune called Piece by Piece, and she performed it with her kids, their boys. Love that. Um, again, the the space that you make in your songs for your for your voice and your words, and so that we can so well understand what you're saying. Some of the lines, uh, the kiss away the gray skies, love that image. I love your phrasing. Um, it's unexpected phrasing in, in a lot of places. Um, and I love the line, I'm living today. I love that. I love it. And day by day and year by year. And so you can hear, it's so nice to know the story behind this because you can, you just go, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, thank you. My double mastectomy was, is my cancerversary. And it was on my 40th birthday. Wow. So every October 28th, is kind of a big deal. Yeah. So I have that line in there about every 28th. I was wondering about that. Thank you for clearing that up. So Katie, all right, now we've heard your wonderful music and we hear that you were uh, you were on tour when you were younger and you came back and are playing all over as a solo artist. So what's your best gig? What's your worst gig? Let's start with the worst so we end with the best. Well, I am an optimist, and so <laughs> it's hard to remember the worst gig. Good for you. Um, looking back at this past year of 2022, I see it as kind of my re-debut. Um, I had 25 gigs wow, over the course good of the year. Yeah, yeah, in 15 different cities. Wow. So, yeah. I can't really imagine you didn't that. have... I, I know I, that's that exhausts me to think about it, but you know that is just so great that you're getting all those dates, and I can't imagine with going to all those cities that you haven't had some technical issues. Right, right. Um, I, I think the 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 show that I uh, struggled with the most this past summer was uh, I was outdoors and it was ninety degrees, and I had to the stage area was in the sun, and <laughs> there was a time that I was like, I don't even know if I'm playing guitar. <laughs> it was very strange. It was a very strange feeling. Um, yeah, it worked out. <laughs> Good. I'm glad it worked. And you don't have to pick your best gig, but what's one of the what? What's one that you look back on very, very fondly? Uh, just this past October, I did a fundraising event for the Angel Foundation mm. at the 318 Cafe in Excelsior, and uh, it was just a show with my band, and we sold out the house. Nice. So it was filled with so much love. And the Angel Foundation is a wonderful nonprofit organization that supports adults that are fighting cancer. I was a recipient of financial aid um, back in 2010. Wow. And this was my opportunity to give back um, with the support of, of all of everybody who contributed. I raised a thousand dollars. Wow. Awesome. And um, I, I wrote a children's book about breast cancer. And about a, I think it was a dozen of my books were purchased 
as a donation for the Angel Foundation to have in their support packs that they would give to family members. Awesome. What's the name of the book? Our Mama is a Beautiful Garden. Our it's Mama in the voice a- of my two little boys telling the story of when their mama got real sick with breast cancer. And uh, Lewis speaks um, as a six-year-old and uses big words like reconstruction and chemotherapy. <laughs> and then my three-year-old, Max, he, he contributes in the book by um, saying things that, like, grandpa knows how to have fun. So it was fun for him to come and play with me when mama needed to, to get her treatments. So families can read this book for, for littles. It's really important that they have the opportunity to talk about what's going to happen to their mom or their aunt or their teacher, because kids are going to hear what the adults are talking about. Right. And this book gives them an opportunity to really discuss things. What a great idea to write this. I mean, how needed is this? I don't know if this exists outside of your yeah, there wasn't any children's books that I could read to my kids when I was diagnosed in 09. Yeah. Oh, there were, oh that's brilliant. That's there were really books great. about cancer, but it was more about the older person in your life. And the watercolors were very dark and dreary. And the text was big, long paragraphs. Uh, I had a three-year-old. Right. And I, so I explained it my own way. That cancer was a weed in my garden. We're going to get rid of the garden and rebuild the garden. This is not a weed like creeping Charlie. It's not going to go into your garden. It's it's like, it's like a dandelion with a really deep root. And my kids got it. And because they went on the journey with me and kept an optimistic outlook, I realized that that was, I wrote the book. And so I wanted to be able to share that. It's got to be so scary for little kids and mostly because they just don't understand it. So, I mean, really seriously good for you. And thank you for writing this, a very important book. Our Mama is a Beautiful Garden. Yeah. Wow. Impressive. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. So what do we have coming up for gigs? Well, books and music have always been a center stage in my life. And having written our Mama is a Beautiful Garden. And now focusing on songwriting, I realized that my message is, you know, to instill hope. Um, and I've been recording, working on a recording of a new song called Hero Now Crowned. And I'll be releasing it as along with a lyric picture book. I commissioned an illustrator uh, based out of St. Paul. And um designed a book to go along with the song and we're celebrating the release of the two um on saturday february 11th at the astor cafe in minneapolis it's the saturday before valentine's day and the theme of my event is self-love celebrate you love yourself the song is a love song For all of us who have overcome hardships, whether it be a health emergency or um, suffering from anxiety and depression or conquering addiction or, you know, getting through grief, um, we're all heroes going Mm -hmm. through the, the tough stuff and getting ourselves out of 
those dark places qualifies us as a hero. And so that's what my song is, Hero Now Crowned. That that is great. That is really brilliant. So where can people find this once it's released? And and so this, first of all, the gig, Saturday, February 11th at the Astor Cafe in uh, downtown Minneapolis. Um, where can they find uh, your music, your new music, your old music, your current music, um, and the books? Everything's available on my website, katietesman.com. Uh, there is a pre-order book form that you could fill out and I can send you a book when they're printed. Uh, the song will be available on my band camp, February 10th. Um, if you're coming to my show and you want to pre-order a book, I will have it there ready for you when I see you at the event. Nice. Um, but on my website there, you can find my other shows that are coming up when I'll be at the Grand and Northfield again and um, uh, where, uh, how you can get to my artist page directly for your favorite streaming service. Got it. Okay. And that's Katie K A T Y Tessman. K A T Y Tessman T E S S M A N.com. I have uh, (laughs) social media. So if people want to follow along on Instagram or YouTube, you just find my find me there and on the, my YouTube channel I post my very rough brand new baby songs from the songwriting challenge and uh it, it's interesting to see the transformation you could hear like my first version of there's always room or piece by piece mm-hmm. on oh. my YouTube and then you can go and listen to the finished version of the recording oh. That's a great idea too. You're full of them. I, I'm going to have to have you back on just so we can throw ideas around or just have yeah. coffee or something. Yes, absolutely. You all, thank you so much, Katie, for being on um, on this dreary, dreary day that didn't end up being such a storm, but uh, it was really great to have you on and talk about your story. And you have so many wonderful, wonderful things to, to say and to impart to others. And your message of hope went straight to my heart. So thank you. Thank you so much, Katie. Thank you, Pauline. Happy 2023. Happy New Year to you, too. Take care. Many, many thanks to Katie for sharing her personal stories with us and pointing us all toward hope. Thanks always to Wendy Nordquist and to you, dear listener, for tuning in to Musician Talk on the One, KYMN. Have a wonderful day.